the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the show. We're on WGUL 860 AM and FM 93.7. And we're also streaming live on Facebook and I think on YouTube, but I don't know. I haven't <laughs> quite figured that much out yet, Ken. I'm getting there. You, though, you need but. a 14-year-old. That's what you need. I need a 14-year-old in the studio. I tried to get my son to help me, but he doesn't want to help a fascist. You know, he's... <laughs> <laughs> You're far from being a fascist. Well, I know that, and you know that, but he's young. He doesn't know. He's still learning. Wait till he has to go out and make a living. All of a sudden, he'll become a... That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Whatever I am. (laughs) So, at any rate, the song goes out to Hunter Biden and the Biden family. Take the money and run this morning. And I guess most of you have heard about the emails that have turned up because Hunter Biden left his laptop at a computer repair store and never picked it up because he was too stoned and forgot where the hell it was. And so then finally the guy opened it up and realized, oh, my gosh, there's a wealth of, uh, of uh, information here on Hunter Biden and his illegal activities. And, uh, and so he called the FBI, and the FBI, they, they came in, and he told the FBI agent he was afraid, and the FBI agent said, well, just don't say anything. And and the FBI, FBI agent, of course, did nothing with it. But the guy had copies, so he gave it to, I think, to one Rudy, of the Rudy, wasn't it Rudy? One of Rudy Giuliani's attorneys, yeah. one of his associates, and it worked its way up. So now now it's out, and uh, now we know. But, of course, the mainstream press won't play it. And did you see where they uh, censored Twitter and different accounts, Facebook, of uh, any of the people who were talking about it or referring to it? And... Uh, because they said it was uh, malicious and fake news. Yeah, okay, I saw that. Yeah. whatever. You know, come on, give me a break. We need. Uh, I, I used to say that those were free enterprises and they could do what they want, but not anymore. I mean, they they've become too too firmly embedded in our daily uh, information stream, and they need to be treated like any other news entity. They need to be liable, and they also need to be open and free. <clears throat> so I agree with the. Um, with the Republican senators and representatives, we need to do something about this. And after we win this election, I think we will. We're going to win this. You know that, Ken. I know you're scared. But I, we're gonna yeah, win I, I am a little worried. I think it's going to be tight, but I think at the end, yeah. We'll pull yeah, out electoral I, I, you victory, know, I, certainly. When I, see, when I see Trump out on the stump and I see the response to him, I mean, uh, it, it, I, I can't believe the guy. Where does he get the energy? I don't know. For, well, how old is he, 74? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I he's three days that. after having having been uh, diagnosed with the uh, coronavirus, and he's out on the stump. He's working and putting in eighteen hour days. Uh, he feeds off it. He gets the energy from the event. I think. I know, and yeah. uh, you know, I, one of the guys in the lunchroom, the 
was arguing with me. I said, he doesn't even do drugs or drink or anything. I don't believe it. I said, go look it up. By the way, Joe Biden doesn't drink either. Did you know that? I didn't know that, no. Uh, he came out of the same background as Trump in terms of family members who were struggling with addiction. That'll do it. And yeah. he made a conscious decision when he was a young man that he was gonna, not going to drink or do drugs. So I guess he had those Irish genes in him, you know. And, <laughs> and, and of course, Trump had uh, his brother who got addicted and right. I think died, yeah, which was a sad situation. I don't drink anymore either. I stopped drinking in my <clears throat> early 30s. Oh. Well, I'm making up for both of us. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things in my life changed the minute I got married. <laughs> yes, <laughs> including your life. <laughs> <laughs> that was forever altered, but not for, in a good way, though. Yes. Once you accept that everything's your fault, and exactly. then, then you're okay. You you're go fine. On it. It's a good life at that point. That's right. It's a good life then. <laughs> so uh, did you hear about the corrupt senator? He was walking down the street one day and... Uh, Corrupt maybe senator may be redundant, but he was tragically hit by a car and he died and his soul arrives in heaven and he's met by St. Peter at the entrance and St. Peter says, well, welcome to heaven. Before you settle in, it seems there is a problem. We seldom see a high official around these parts, you see, so we're not sure what to do with you. No problem, said the senator. Just let me in. Well, I'd like to, but I have orders from the higher ups. What we'll do is have you spend one day in hell and one in heaven. Then you can choose where to spend eternity. Really? I've made up my mind. I want to be in heaven, said the senator. I'm sorry, but we have our rules. And with that, St. Peter escorts him to the elevator, and he goes down, down, down to hell. The doors open. He finds himself in the middle of a green golf course. In the distance is a clubhouse, and standing in front of it are all of his friends and other politicians who had worked with him, all of his buddies from the Senate and his cronies, members of PACs. Everyone is very happy in an evening dress. They run to greet him, shake his hand, and reminisce about the good old days they had while getting rich at the expense of the average folk. They play a friendly game of golf and then down on lobster caviar and the finest champagne. Also present is the devil, who is really a friendly guy and stressed in, to the nines and is dancing and telling jokes and everybody's having fun. And they're all having such a good time that the senator realizes it's time to go. Everybody gives him a hearty farewell and waves while the elevator rises up to heaven. The elevator goes up, 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 up. The door opens and he's in heaven where St. Peter is waiting. Now it's time to visit heaven, says St. Peter. So 24 hours passed with the senator joining a group of contented souls, moving from cloud to cloud, playing the harp and singing. They have a good time, and before he realizes it, the 24 hours have gone, and St. Peter returns. Well, then, you've spent a day in hell and another in heaven. Now choose your eternity. The senator reflects for a moment. Then he answers, well, I would never have said it before. I mean, heaven has been delightful, but I think I'd be better off in hell. So St. Peter escorts him to the elevator, and he goes down, 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 down to hell. Now the doors of the elevator are open, and here he's in the middle of a barren land, covered with waste and garbage. He sees all his friends dressed in rags, picking up the trash and putting it in black bags as more trash falls to the ground. And the devil comes over to him and puts his arm around his shoulder. And the senator stammers. He says, I, I don't, don't understand. Yesterday I was here, and there was a golf course and clubhouse. And we ate lobster and caviar, drank, drank champagne and danced and had the, the great time. Now there's just a wasteland full of garbage. And my friends, they look miserable. What happened? The devil smiles at him and said, yesterday we were 
campaigning. Today you voted. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the deal, see. <laughs> you got to. You yeah, everything's beautiful when they're campaigning. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it all sounds and looks great, but you better watch out what you vote for. That's great. So we're sitting at the lunch table, and Rafat, who's a, a Coptic Christian, so he's, you know, he's a Christian side of the family, not the Jewish side. He grew up in Egypt, and then I think his family moved to uh, uh, Libya or one of the countries adjacent to Egypt, uh, they wanted to get out and immigrate to the United States because of the persecution of the Christians in Egypt, which is uh, a, a well-known fact for, two th- for uh, 1,500 years now. At any rate, we were talking about Hunter Biden, and he, he said, see, God got even. And God got even with him. I'm like, what are you talking about? Or what is this, Old Testament, uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth? He said, that's not Old Testament, that's New Testament. I said, well, show me. So he pulled up a quote from St. St. Paul, and as you know, I'm no fan of, of St. Paul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was his name before he changed it to Paul. Saul was the uh, the Hebrew name, and Paul was the Latin name, Paulus. So at any rate, I said, because St. Paul said, well, you know, God's vengeance is his, and, you know, if you're bad, he's going to get you and all that. And I said, what are you talking about? And so we got into it, and... Uh, and so I decided this morning to, to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what I perceive as, as Jesus's outlook on, on uh, forgiveness and, and revenge and all that. Now, now listen, I'm, I realize that the church is primarily St. Paul's church. It's not Jesus's church. Very few people really follow what Jesus said. Most people follow what St. Paul said, who just really got me upset from the time I was eight or nine years old. Ken, can you believe it? I'm sitting in church nine years old, and I'm going, I can't stand this guy. Why am I here? Why do they make me come and listen to him? And, and I thought he was kind of a self-righteous SOB, but that, that was my opinion. Well, at least and you were was, paying attention. I wasn't even paying attention back then when yeah, I was eight. Yeah, you, know? you were probably daydream about being in the radio or something, yeah. Yeah, picking your nose or whatever kids do in church at that age. I, I hope I wasn't. Mom would have been very embarrassed. Yeah. Well, that's why you, you know, kind of slunk back in the pew and <laughs> did. So uh, let's see. I think I pulled up a few things here. Let me see if I can find them about what Jesus had to say on God's view. So uh, now on revenge. In Romans, that's that's St. Paul. I'm not going to uh, quote that because, you know, I don't care for for uh, St. Paul. And I think that uh, what Rafat was quoting me was from Galatians, which is another uh, epistle that St. Paul wrote to some gang somewhere in, in Ionia or Greece. So Matthew said, you have heard that it is said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn him the other also. Now, this is Jesus talking, according to Matthew. And Mark uh, says uh, in 11.25, And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So, you know, the whole idea is that if you're forgiving and kind and loving, then that'll rub off on everybody else. And if there's a God, he'll he'll look kindly on you and you won't have to uh, vote the wrong way when you get up there to heaven. 
And then in Luke 6.27, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And then Matthew 18.21.22, then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. So, you know, I think it's pretty clear that Jesus was not a vengeful guy. And that if you believe Jesus is God and that he's the incarnation of God, and, I'm, you know, I'm not going to debate that on radio. I, it's sort of irrelevant to my life uh, because I, I'll follow the morals and values that I do, whether there's a God or not. <clears throat> but if you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, Ken, and you tell me that there's a vengeful God up there, you know, I'm thinking, you're not reading the right scriptures, dude. Uh, and I, I don't know what to say to Rafat. You know, I, I listen, I, I think that justice needs to be brought uh, against the Bidens and against Hunter Biden for his his uh, his crimes and his wrongdoings. And, and you know, we have to think of justice in a very dispassionate way. It's not something that we're doing to get even with somebody, although a lot of people think that uh, punishment is uh, is there to to make people pay for what they did wrong. And, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to argue that. I think of it more as uh, a way of deterring uh, future bad actions and for people who are really uh, societally sick and disturbed that they need to go to jail or they need to be uh, permanently put away or whatever. But I, I think that we have to look at justice as being separate from uh, vengeance. You know, if we think of justice as an arm of vengeance, then I think we're going to lose our ability to be objective when we uh, do find ourselves in the position of making judgments about people and about what should happen to them if they do wrong. You know, justice in, in Christianity is different from justice in the law. And in our preamble to our Constitution, you know, the, the preamble that Governor Morris wrote, and he's, he wasn't a governor, that was his first name, by the way, did you know that? Did I say that I, last I week? I did not know that. You're, yeah, you have so many I, facts in your head. I can't believe it. And, and I know, and I, I keep trying to drink them all out. <laughs> I just can't get rid of them, Ken. They, they keep coming back. So his first name so, was Governor. Okay. Yeah, Governor. Governor. Well. So at any rate, he wrote the, uh, the uh, preamble to the Constitution, and, you know, and he said, establish justice. And I asked uh, one of my students one time, I said, what does that mean, establish justice? What is justice? She said, it's what you think it's fair. I said, no, that's not what justice is. Justice is a scheme or system of law in which every person receives his or her due from the system, including their natural and legal rights, and that those are protected as best as we can uh, from, uh, from each other. And so Justice in terms of, of the Christian view, which is that everybody shares equally in the in the goodness of God and in the goodness of the earth, uh, which is a very Catholic outlook and a very Christian outlook. You probably know that, Ken. You were raised Catholic, weren't you? I certainly was, yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you remember that. I mean, well, we're supposed to of, share. Yeah. And we're supposed, you know, nobody's supposed to have uh, a whole lot more than anybody else. And I hear this from my sister all the time. It's not fair that you have that big house and I live here in this little house. No, 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 no. Well, you know, <clears throat> you want to come. You earned that house. big house, Doc. 
Well, I'm just saying that that's the that that's the outlook, and it's in medicine too now, Ken. If you go to the AMA's uh, code of ethics, it's that we are supposed to distribute healthcare as equitably as we can, regardless of whether you have money or not. Well, you know, I'll do that. I'm, I don't mind taking care of people who are indigent in the hospital. I, when I was on call in the ER, I saw a lot of people who didn't have uh, money, and you know, we probably had 20% uncollectibles. <clears throat> that's all changed now that they have hospitalists that shovel down to the hospitalist. And then, by the way, did you know the hospital gets a little stipend from the state for every patient that comes in to the hospital? Did you know that for every day they're there? I had no idea about that, no. Yeah, uh, that's a little known fact. It's not a lot, but you know, at least it helps pay for the, uh, the air conditioning and the sweeping of the floors and so on and so forth. But of course, Doctors, we didn't get anything extra. Nobody sent us anything when we took care of an indigent patient. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's the way it is. But if you look at what the AMA Code of Ethics and the World Health Organization Code of Ethics is all about, it's about communism. It's about everybody having the same thing. It's about first century Christianity, everybody sharing and having the same uh, health care, the same diet, you know, and, and ideally that's great. Now, how do you accomplish that? I don't know. Well, that's justice in Christianity and in uh, a lot of philosophies like like uh, socialism and communism. It's not fair that Dr. Bill's making in six figures and I'm not. Well, I'm not saying that I deserve what I have, but society says it. You know, Ken, I mean, society says we value what you do, Doc, and we, we're going to pay you more than we would pay the guy that's out there digging the ditch. By the way, that guy out there digging the ditch is also me on Sunday. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so the guy I'm, digging the ditch didn't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars getting the degree so he could be a doctor. I mean, there's that's true, but you have to remember too now. And and I I did put in a lot of time and money and effort the family too. But remember that every doctor in the country since the beginning of Medicare, which was in the 1960s, has been subsidized by the public. And also the state universities are subsidized by the public. So I went to the University of Louisville, which was a state medical school. And uh, there were subsidies not only from the state, but then when I did my residency from the federal government, because they participate in the Medicare residency programs. And so I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not taking anything away from what the public's done for me. And I am very grateful. And I put myself out there to do whatever I can to help people. And, you know, I'll talk to people on the phone, even when I'm not getting paid and give them advice, comfort, whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't mind doing that. And, you know, can I send prescriptions in for you guys without charging and, and doing little things I can to, to help because, because society has been uh, good to me and continues to value me. And I, so I have a responsibility, I feel to return that and, and, I think that that's part of the Christian morality that I was raised with, that sense of justice, social justice, which is different from legal justice. So the point is here that uh, I don't care about getting vengeance over the Bidens. That's not what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is seeing that the society remains orderly, that there is a system of justice that will bring these people uh, to trial and hold them accountable for their actions which takes you into the whole thing of free will and, you know, cause and effect and all that. We'll get into that later. But look at this. 
justice is not uh, it's in the legal system it's not perfect because it's it's a human thing so examples are that the justice is delayed is justice denied and this applies to the uh, burdensome procedures uh, that happen in the legal system. You know, the examples are that the rich can afford lawyers who can tie up the courts. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've known people who have been able to outspend the other party and they can hold up the the uh, proceedings. And, and then there's ultimately no quote, quote, justice uh, that we know that if you have enough money, you're more likely to get out of something or to win a lawsuit than if you don't. We see this in medicine. We see doctors suing the hospital corporations. And even though the doctors have a great case, they can't sustain the kind of uh, legal fees that the hospital corporations can. The hospital corporations have in-house lawyers who are on a salary, and they, they can fight all day and all night. And, you know, you have to pay if you're a doctor and you hire an attorney to, to, uh, an attorney to sue a hospital. And so we can see that the courts get clogged up. Uh, that there's an inequity because some people have the ability to pay for better lawyers, more lawyers, and and clog things up. There's uh, also the the petty uh, disputes that come into court. The petty lawsuits could be settled by arbitration, but under our system of justice, uh, if if it exceeds a certain dollar amount in in civil law, then you can sue for damages. That's just the way it is. So it's the way we've set it up. And we know that attorneys like to argue, and that's how they make their money. And they can tie the courts up, too. And then we have the biases of human beings, like the judge in the uh, uh, Michael Flynn case, who hates Flynn and hates the Republicans and hates the right wing and hates the military, and he wants to get the guy. And so he has slowed up the system. He's clogged it up. So we know that, uh, that, that the system is imperfect, but if we read our Constitution, if we read our, our laws and our statutes and see how they work and how we have refined them over the years, there's a, there's a real honest attempt by the overwhelming majority of us to make our justice system fair. And so this should apply not only to you and me, Ken, but to the Bidens. Uh, but again, we're looking at a very wealthy family with a lot of power. And we may not be able to bring these folks to justice. However, that doesn't mean that if something bad befalls Hunter Biden, and believe me, tons of bad things have befallen him. The guy's a drug addict. Uh, he's had a miserable life. He feels unloved by his family. And uh, he complains that he's carrying the burden financially for the whole Biden clan and, uh, or tribe or whatever you want to call it. I guess the Irish are clans, right? I think you're correct on that. I'm married to an and Irish woman. It's a, it's a clan, family. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the Jewish and Catholic side, the non-Irish Catholics were tribes. So we don't want to be clans because of the KKK. <laughs> we don't want to be affiliated with that. No, so we're tribes, you know, the 12 tribes and all that. So that's why we have our system of justice, as imperfect as it is, so that we can uh, sort these things out. But I don't think that, I mean, you know, if there is a God, why on earth would it stop to smite, smote? Is it smote or smite? It's smite. I think it's smite, yes. I think it's smite. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, look, if we have free will then and there's a God that has given us free will, then why wouldn't that God say, hey, that's your problem. Take care of it yourselves. You got your own justice system. 
and, and I, I think that that's a, a legitimate argument. Listen, I don't think that moral laws are any different than physical laws, Ken. And we've talked about this, you and I, back and forth. I mean, if you hit me, uh, there's going to be a reaction. I'm going to get mad and I'm going to hit you back or call the police or flatten your tires or I'll do something. There'll be a, pay, a price to pay some way, yes. Yeah. I mean, if I'm a really true follower of Christ, I'll turn the other cheek. But as I've told you, I'm not. I, I can't be uh, nonviolent. It's just I wasn't raised that way. I was too beat up as a kid. Uh, and I had to fight back. And so that's that's, you know, that's what I've learned. Maybe I don't have free will in that respect, but, uh, you know, actually there are times I, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, because there are times when we've had fights in the medical staff and people have done things to me that I thought were unfair. And I've counseled with uh, other doctors and, and members of the medical staff and lawyers and all that. And they say, you know, it's not worth pursuing, Bill. It's not going to affect your income. You still have good standing in the community. Just let it go. Let it die a natural death and, you know, let it roll off your back. And a lot of times I have. You know, it's rare that I've really gone and taken a fight uh, all the way to the medical executive committee uh, because you rarely win. Ultimately, everybody loses because it becomes vengeful. It becomes spiteful. It becomes <clears throat> we inject our own anger into it and uh, and our own sense for retribution. And we think that that's justice. And that's not necessarily justice. That's an emotion. So I say to my friend Rafat, <clears throat> I don't think that Jesus preached uh, anything like what you said uh, that, uh, that you quoted from St. Paul. Another reason I don't care for St. Paul. <clears throat> he takes a lot of liberties with what Jesus was trying to say. <clears throat> and that's, that, in my estimation, is um, a betrayal of the ministry of Jesus. I mean, you know, the guy had a pretty good rap. Not that anybody and everybody can follow it, Ken, but at least uh, there's a message there that you know, be nice to one another, especially if you've got nuclear weapons in your hip pocket. You know, it, it doesn't pay to, to get in a spitting, uh, in a fight when, when you have the ability to destroy each other. Sit down, work it out. I try to live my life by the golden rule, Doc. I find it works very well. That's right. You if you buy me a six-pack, I'll buy you a six-pack. That's right, but you're a doctor, you're buying <laughs> that's social justice that's how about a, christian justice i got more than you do how about a break doc we're halfway through this show already oh my god have i bored everybody to death not Is me that's very interesting all right okay we'll come back in a few minutes folks don't go away we're just going for a few minutes of break by the way don't forget about the gel study i got going on i'm dr bill at 727-384-6411 727-384-6411 we got that toenail gel study it's free it's for toenail fungus come on in i've picked up a couple of people from this show doing this little rap so i'm looking for more we need about 10 more people I'll be right back. I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. He's a detective down in Texas. Take AM 860, The Answer, with you wherever you go. With our mobile app, TheAnswerTampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at Radio.com. Jay Sekulow and crew is excited about the Supreme Court nominee. Here's the reality we live in. If this seat isn't filled, Joe Biden could become president, and then he will fill the seat. Whoever he puts there will be worse than anyone on President Trump's list. Anybody is better on our list than who Joe Biden would pick. Jay Sekulow Live, afternoons at 5 on AM 860. The answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. 
Warm today with a blend of sunshine and clouds. A thunderstorm in parts of the area in the afternoon with a high of 89. Mainly clear tonight with a low 75. Partly sunny tomorrow, a thunderstorm around during the afternoon with a high of 89. And Tuesday, more thunderstorms with a high 90. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. We're back on, now. buddy. We're back on. <laughs> oh, my God, you're fired. Get the station manager on the phone. Oh, please do. Yes. All right. I can take a vacation. <laughs> All right. We're back. Ken had a little, he had button uh, mania there, button, uh, what do you call it, uh, buttonheimers, Alzheimer's, buttonheimers. I, I was talking to you, but you couldn't hear, I couldn't hear you. Uh, we were having a little, a little communication problem there. But we're back now. <laughs> Everything's back now. Everything's working well, fine now. It's like marriage. <laughs> All right, so uh, listen, I wanted to, before we went too far, uh, Mike, uh, one of my patients who's uh, 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 a draftsman engineer, he also drew the, the blueprints for my house and some other things. Uh, he's a real pain in the ass, but I love him anyway. Uh, he's had clogged arteries in his neck and going to his brain, so I think that's affected him. He's one of these left-wing loonies, and he was talking about what a racist Trump is, and I think we've got, uh, can you cue that up? I think we've got part of the speech that Trump made back in 2017, and he said this over and over again about uh, his uh, his feelings about racism and, and the KKK and white supremacy. Have you got that, Ken? I think we do. Let's try it here. Let's the Department it, of Justice has opened a civil rights investigation into the deadly car attack that killed one innocent American and wounded 20 others. To anyone who acted criminally in this weekend's racist violence, you will be held fully accountable. Justice will be delivered. As I said on Saturday, we condemn in the strongest possible terms. This egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence, it has no place in America. And as I have said many times before, no matter the color of our skin, 
We all live under the same laws. We all salute the same great flag. And we are all made by the same Almighty God. We must love each other, show affection for each other, and unite together in condemnation of hatred, bigotry, and violence. We must rediscover the bonds of love and loyalty that bring us together as Americans. Racism is evil, and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. We are a nation founded on the truth that all of us are created equal. I think that pretty much says it, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yes, sir. And he said that over and over again. Well, that was from 2017, so he's been saying this for years and years and years. Yeah, and I mean, even on the trail in 2015 and 16, uh, people were saying, well, he's a racist because he doesn't want Muslims in the country. And he never said that. What he said was he didn't want Muslims coming from countries that had uh, uh, a poor record of adequately vetting that our State Department was supposed to vet these people, or they subbed it out to their State Departments from uh, predominantly Muslim countries with terrorists, because we were allowing terrorists to come into our country on our visas. He never said stop all Muslims from coming into the country. I don't know where people get these things. I mean, well, I do know because CNN takes it and, and clips out just what they want. <clears throat> oh, well, what are you going to do? Just on immigration in general, he's never said, you know, I don't want any immigration. He wants legal immigration. Yeah, and he, and he wants quality immigration. Exactly. You know, he wants it, he wants it on, on merit-based and not on just a random lottery of anybody and everybody who wants to come here and gets in line. You know, I was in Mexico City. Gosh, it must have been. 20, 25 years ago, and we were walking around, and we went down to the uh, to the embassy, the U.S. embassy, and there were a lot of people, I mean, wrapped around the block, uh, not just one little block, a, a huge city block all the way around. I was like, who are these people? They're Mexicans trying to get work visas. Hmm. I was impressed. Yeah. I was impressed. And they were doing it legally, you know. Right. They looked, yeah, and that's the way you should do it. My grandfather didn't just wander into the country. He went through Ellis Island. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at that time, that's what you did. That's what you did, right. Yeah. Same way with my family, both sides of my family. They came through Ellis Island. Well, you know, the death rate is following for the coronavirus. uh, And we're back down. I think we had a little surge there. As I predicted, we'd have a surge after Memorial Day. You probably don't remember, Ken, but I said back at the beginning of the summer, this is going to come in waves, but each wave will be progressively smaller and smaller until we get the vaccine. uh, It's fascinating to me that it's, again, dropped, I believe, below uh, 1,000 per week. In the last week of 1010, it was 810 people. So that's, that's a relatively small number, and I know that my friends say, well, what if it was your grandma? Well, you know, if my grandma were alive, she'd be 100,000 years old and be time for her to go anyway. But uh, I understand that people get attached to their families. None of us are going to live forever. And most of the people, for better or for worse, are close to death when they get this disease and die from it, or they're negligent and they don't come in on time, or they have bad medical care. 
and I've seen that. You know, I, I, I know of one patient who went into the, e into the emergency room, the ER, two times and got sent home. Third time he came back and he was deathly ill and he ended up dying. Well, you know, that's not the virus's fault. That's the doctor's fault for not taking a more aggressive stance and, and treating the patient. And, uh, you know, we're saving most of the patients, almost all of them, by the way, that come in, the percentage of people who are dying from this. It's smaller, Ken, than the people, than the percentage of people that die from influenza. Now, the numbers are greater because it's, it's a more, more virulent and, and more widely spread virus at this point. But, you know, you think about it, this virus with proper treatment has a lower mortality rate than the flu virus. And we already have treatment for the flu virus. We've got antiviral agents uh, uh, and we've got, uh, you know, things like Tamiflu and we've got uh, vaccines for influenza. By the way, did everybody get their flu vaccine that's out now? Did you get yours, Ken? I have not done that yet, but I will do that relatively that, soon. Usually yeah, I do I'll it at Publix or something. When I know. Yeah, w yeah, wandering in, they have a gift card or something they give you. <laughs> we've we've got yeah yeah and that's and that's what some of my patients are saying i'm saying what are you talking about gift cards are you crazy you come to the office so i can get some money i need cash <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm gonna go broke if you keep going to <laughs> and you know the guys that are going there for the ten dollars they're usually the guys that have money anyway <laughs> then they turn around and spend 20 on junk food or whatever that's or right exactly <laughs> Snack money. Well, you get that Halloween candy. You got to buy the Halloween candy. Is Halloween happening everywhere this year? I'm not sure what the rules are on Halloween this year. Well, I think in Florida, we don't give a damn what the rules okay, are. Okay, so you just hand out the candy as normal. All right, good. Yeah, you know, put on your mask and uh, try not to cough on the little little snotty little kids. and <laughs> Don't let them cough on you because they probably got the COVIDs. Well, we'll I'm, just, I just want to go get some candy, you know. Well, yeah. Well, listen, I'm I'm going over to Ken and Barbie's for uh, for we're going over for our annual uh, Halloween Eve sit down in, in the front of the drive and drink beer and, and give candy to little kids and tell stupid jokes and see the neighbors that we haven't seen for a while. By the way, we saw one of our neighbors uh, yesterday. I was over at Ken's. We were sitting out. He was uh, in need of some male companionship. The wife was driving him crazy. And uh, so I went over there, you know, a, sort of a, a rescue situation. I think that's <laughs> I think that's part of that whole thing, <laughs> social justice and, you know, helping your friends out. And, uh, you know, he was lamenting some of the trials and tribulations of being married to a female of the species, which is different than a male of the species. I don't know much about being no, male. No, definitely different, yes. You know, I don't know. I haven't been married to a male, so I don't really know. I can't speak yeah, to I that. Yeah, I can't help you there either, so. No, so we're we're in a different situation. At any rate, so Renee, one of the old neighbors, comes walking up. Now, Renee's been a little brain damaged ever since I knew him. <clears throat> and he was decrying that the evil Trump and all the things that he had done. And, and of course, Trump got over the virus because he got special treatment and, I, you know, and, and people are dying and this is blah, blah, blah. And, and so Ken's a doctor too. And, and we're trying to explain to him, no, that's not really the situation. And Trump didn't get anything that the rest of us haven't 
had the ability to get since March, because we had remdesivir, we had convalescent plasma, which, uh, you know, the president got the Regeneron, which is just, as I said last week, it's just a, a more purified form of the antibody. But the convalescent plasma is the same thing. It's the antibodies to the virus, only it comes from human beings that have had the virus, and now they're producing antibodies. And you have to get instead of just one little cc of the, of the medication, one 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 uh, little vial of it injected into your vein, you have to get a whole bag of plasma. And there's a little higher risk because some people are going to be allergic to other people's plasma. But nevertheless, it worked. We didn't use it much because it was expensive, and we found that the remdesivir and our other treatments were more than adequate to cure 99.99999% of the people we were treating. So we're trying to explain all this to him. Ken, you you, you can't fix uh, stupid. <laughs> I mean, you cannot. No, I mean, yeah, it, no. and, and sometimes it's not really that you're all that stupid. It's that you're so emotionally bound up that you cannot hear what's being said to you, that your your hatred and your anger is so overwhelming. It blocks out and your it, logic. It blocks out your sense yeah, of reason. It yeah. blocks out your logic. And, you know, if you look at the teachings of of all the all the church fathers, uh, uh, all the theologians like Augustine and Aquinas uh, and Duns Scotus and all these guys, I mean, basically they're all saying the same thing Jesus was saying is that, you know, if you love yourself and you love your neighbor and you love God, and, you know, you're going to stay calm and you're going to be able to accept life and accept things as they come at you and work these things out. And, you know, you have to keep that cool. You can't, you can't let these politicians upset you. You can't let the media get you going. And that's, it's easier said than done. And we all have our moments when we say, Oh my God, how could he get away with that? And, you know, I can understand Rafat. He's a little bit primitive. He's an orthopedic surgeon. So, you know, they're not, we give them saws and hammers and, and drills and stuff like that to play with. <laughs> we don't let them have anything really uh, that requires a lot of deep thought to it, <laughs> like pacemakers <laughs> and, and things like that, you know, because that requires some mathematical and some um, uh, some uh, electronic skills. <laughs> so at any rate, I understand that it's upsetting to see the other team winning unfairly. But what are you going to do? I mean, that's part of life. There are people that cheat. You know, I mean, uh, and and you say, well, how do you deal with that? Well, if there are there's a legal system, a legal system, a justice system, not a not a not a social justice, but a legal justice system, and then you can take it to the legal justice court. You can, you know, you can throw the flag and ask the referee to review the play. You can. Uh, get a lawyer. You can call the district attorney. I mean, you you have avenues uh, to address this, but there are times when it's not worth addressing, as I said earlier in the show, and you just got to let it go and figure, you know what, they're going to reap what they sow eventually because, I mean, look at this Hunter Biden guy. I mean, what kind of a life does he have? He's a drug addict. Uh, he's miserable. He feels like he's uh, uh, the black sheep of the family, and he's he tries so hard to be loved, and he's still... Uh, and his own mind keeps falling short, and he tries to keep the family in cash, and uh, whether he does it legally or illegally doesn't seem to matter, and he feels like he's carrying the whole burden of the family. 
it's a hard way to go through life, Ken. You know, it I mean, is. It's a, it's a miserable way to go through life, and I don't see any reason for people to allow themselves to uh, dwell on that and get caught up in that. It's just not worth it. Allow karma to play its way out. You know, karma will take care of everything. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I think basically that's what Jesus was saying too. You know, you don't have to get even. God doesn't have to get even. People make their own misery in life. Yeah, and, they uh, self implode eventually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking at the uh, the weekly number of deaths from all causes going back several years, and it's a wave pattern, uh, you know, because things happen. Like in the winter, we have influenza, and of course, there was a big spike uh, in in early 2020. In May, we saw a big jump, uh, and then again in July and September, it's coming back up and going down. But this is that wave theory I was I was talking to you about, and this isn't anything new. This is even before the, the coronavirus, the COVID virus came around. We see the same wave patterns. Uh, why? Because we have uh, communicable diseases like influenza that people catch from each other. That's just part of being a, a social a social animal, a herd animal. What are you going to do? Now, we're not saying I, don't take your mask off. You should still wear a mask when you're... Yeah, wear your mask, yeah. get your flu shot, and if you're sick, uh, see a, a, a reputable, competent doctor. And if you don't know one, you can always call me and we'll have a telemedicine visit. I'm at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And you're going to run into doctors that don't know how to treat the virus or don't think you need to be treated. And uh, you're going to run into doctors who have treated a lot of people with the virus and do know that it's real and do know how to treat it. And by the way, I'm one of those who's seen a number of patients with the coronavirus, both uh, in my practice and in consultation at the hospital mostly at the hospital. We try to discourage people with with the COVID virus from coming into the office, unless we've got a really slow week and we need to rev up business and we'll have them come in, Ken. I don't know if that's moral or not. <laughs> wow. I don't know the Sure it is. Why not? The ethics of that may, may not be. <laughs> so... Okay, now listen. This is a, this is my final question, and we're getting what is the time getting close to the end here? Uh, we got about six, seven minutes left here. Yeah. Do you believe in free will? Well, do you believe in absolutely. Okay, yeah. now why do you believe in free will? Why do I believe? I think it's uh, been given to us by uh, our Creator and our Constitution. So, but. Let me ask you a question. Let's say that uh, you come home and, and uh, it's, it's so hot outside or so cold outside that you just don't want to go back out, but the dog needs to be walked. The dog has to pee and poop and needs some exercise. And so you have a choice to walk or not walk the dog. I have the free will to assign that duty to one of my children. That's... <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is living proof that there is free will. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> walk the dog okay. you, you wanted the dog you walk the dog well look it's a binary decision walk or don't walk is is that really free free will is that a free choice or is that a predetermined uh, binary set that because you have a dog because dogs are living things and they have to do all the things that living organisms do including exercise and excrete and all that and eat uh, do you really have Free will. Is there really a choice there? 
Uh, I think there is. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, what I would say is that uh, if you expand that, uh, and, and I would think that the more expansive it is, the more I would say that you have free will. So you have other choices. You can shoot the dog. You can build a fence. Just open the door, let him out. You can build a fence. You can put down some paper, and then after he pees and poops, you can chase him around the dining room table for some exercise. You can give him some extra vitamin D. You can not get a dog to begin with. You can uh, perform uh, genetic experiments and turn it into a cat. And, well. you know, because <laughs> cats are easier to take care of. You know? <laughs> they can come and go as they wish. <laughs> I mean, you have... So listen, if there's if there's an infinite number of choices, and there probably is, then I would say that you have free will. But if you have a binary set of choices, then I don't know if that's free will or not, because you already have a predetermined uh, set, so to speak. Like in mathematics, you have two variables, x and y, or two numbers, one and two, or a and b, or on and off. And then is that really free will? Is that really a choice? I guess in a primitive sense it is, but I want to think of free will as the ability to decide from an infinite set of variables. And I think that if we expand it to that, then I think that we can say we have free will. And I think that if there is a creator uh, or if you're a Buddhist and you just believe that the universe is in and of itself the the living entity and it's infinite, then you do have free will. Now, that's my take on it, Ken. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think that in a limited sense, you're right. You you can decide to go out or not go out. I mean, ultimately, it's your decision. Now, there's consequences that come with it if you don't take the dog out, right? You're going to have to clean up the carpet, exactly. I mean, you're, you're going to have to clean up the carpet, and you're going to have a dog that's going to be up all night because he didn't have any exercise, and he's going to be pestering you, much like a small child. But you still up. have the free will to make that choice, not to go out if you don't want to. And, and, but I think that the, the take-home lesson here is you have to consider the consequences of your choices. Then there, there is a, a decision-making process involved that, that I would say is the exercise of free will because you have thought about within our limited scope because we're not infinite beings. Uh, you know, we have finite ability and we don't know everything in the universe. There may come a time when humans do, but we're not there yet. And so you have a finite set of choices, but within that finite set of choices, if you consider all the consequences, I think that you've made a rational, uh, uh, free will choice decision. Certainly. And, 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 you know, that, okay, now the question comes in then, if you have somebody like Hunter Biden who's on drugs, and, and this is a legal question too, is he responsible for his actions? Is he exercising free will when he does something illegal? and uh, takes advantage of his situation, uh, or is he so overwhelmed and, and, uh, uh, and, and impacted by the uh, intoxicants in his system that he cannot make a rational decision, a free will decision that has any meaning to it? I don't know. Mm, that's a tough question there, Doc. Because it's a tough question. It, 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 yeah. Same thing can occur. I mean, that's why some people are not tried because they are just, you know, they're not with it. They're just not there. On the other hand, if you drink and drive and you kill somebody, it's vehicular homicide. It's a DUI, and you're held responsible because you made the decision to drink. It was a multi-step, 
uh, to drink, to drink to the point that you were inebriated, inebriated, and then to get in a car and drive. So we do hold people responsible for their actions when they're under the influence. But I think that we have to predicate that on the fact that they make that decision at some point to uh, abuse drugs and alcohol and, and then to act and, and within society, to perform within society in ways that are harmful and deleterious to the rest of us or illegal or unjust in the, in the legal sense. So, you know, it's a tough situation now that people are going to say, look, alcoholism and drug addiction are diseases. Uh, okay. And, and that helps us to find, to try and find treatments for it. Of course, the best thing is prevention to find ways to keep people from starting to do this to begin with. Right. Nobody forces you to take the drug or to, to take that drink. No, but uh, does a 13-year-old who starts smoking, uh, is he or she, are they really competent to make the decision? It's such a, a convoluted thing. Are they competent to make the decision to smoke or not smoke? Or are all their buddies saying, oh, come on, try it. And then by the time they're 15, they're hooked. Tell me about um, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't think we're going to figure this out in the two minutes. Doc, we got two minutes left. I don't think we're going to come up with any answers here today on this one. (laughs) But I think they're questions that we have to ask ourselves. And that comes back to what uh, legal justice is. At some point and in some manner, we have to hold each other responsible for our actions. And that comes back to vengeance, which is the law is not there to avenge, in my opinion, Uh, the wrongs that have been done to me. It's there to protect me from and to remind other people that they can't do this and to take people out of society or to find them or to punish them in some way to uh, have a deterrent for them so that they won't do it again. But I I think that we have to we have to be dispassionate when we approach this. And I'll say this to Rafat and to anybody else out there who thinks that there's a vengeful God and, and that uh, that uh, God is getting even with Hunter Biden and, you know, it's catching up with him and all that. I think that in, in the sense that you look at free will, Ken, I think that we, we have to look at it that way and say, there are consequences to my actions now, whether or not I think it through uh, completely. Well, that's on me, you know, that's on me. And uh, if, if you can uh, sit back and rationally, as best as you can rationally, make a decision based upon your experiences and your knowledge, then uh, you have free will. But listen, you got to do your research. you got to do your homework. We're about 30 seconds away from saying goodbye, Doc. So oh, my God, we're running out of time here, bud. And so let's get a little music going. 